Oh, yeah. This is the manly man, Randy Brutal, talking at you. When I'm on the road, I pass the time between matches, snapping to Slim Jims, and listening to the Sean Geek Podcast, which I download off of SeanMcGinnity.ca. That's the Sean Geek Podcast, downloaded off of SeanMcGinnity.ca, brother. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Sean Geek and Fast Fred podcast with your host Sean Geek and that guy. Fast Fred. How you doing, Todd? Good and yourself? Good. Not too bad. Not too bad. We're doing something unusual today. We're doing this on a Friday, which is totally off kilter for us. Yeah. So we're going to try to stay awake. I've got a coffee <laughs> <That's> <laughs> at right. this late hour. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how we do. Uh, so this week, uh, we got a special guest um reached through the podcast uh network i guess that we have and uh chris was uh nice enough to come on so chris welcome to the show yeah thanks for uh having me on i appreciate it so for people who don't recognize the sultry voice that just came on here <laughs> you want to tell us who you are uh yeah my name's uh chris l that's what i go by uh Jericho gets a big kick out of that once uh I just for whatever reason I just put out my last initial like that and he's like why are you doing that everybody knows your last name it's on the <laughs> website and everything and so I've since become known as the mysterious Chris L uh, yes. to Chris Jericho and um yeah I'm one of the three hosts of Pot of Thunder um started out as a kiss podcast and the uh concept was to do an, a different kiss song with every episode and uh, do every song they ever did every studio song they ever did with a few exceptions we didn't really go too deep in like some of the box sets and demos and stuff but you know any of the uh, you know regular uh, full-on releases that they did plus the 78 solo albums and um you know, we were like, when we started the show, we're like, yeah, sure, why not? We'll probably get through five episodes, get sick <laughs> yeah. of each other, get bored with it. Nobody's going to be listening. And, you know, people started getting interested in it. And um, we ended up making it through all uh, all of the Kiss songs, which ended up to be about uh, 280-ish episodes. And uh, then we just decided to do keep it going and do random tracks by random bands that uh, are mostly picked by our listeners. And we're still at it uh, nine years later. At one point, one of, one of the many songs on the list that I put in there will get picked. I don't know. It depends on what it is. I wouldn't be too <laughs> sure about that. We've, we've had a lot, I, we've not to uh, impugn anybody's musical tastes here, but we've had a lot of crap come up and, uh, some of it usually gets picked by Nick. He usually gets ambushed by some of the crappier stuff. And so we're a little uh, 
you know, a little wary of things we might ne not necessarily have heard before or also instantly recognize as crap and we sometimes avoid it. So, but if you, uh, if you submitted a good song, yeah, I'm sure we'll do it eventually. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not <laughs> no, going to spoil no, it. I'll wait till it pops up. Yeah. So you never when, know. I, when I watch the show, cause I know the thing that you guys kept talking about every episode is, okay, you guys all know what the next song, what this song is today. We don't blah, blah, blah. You know, the whole, the whole shtick there, but uh, I just auto download them. So I never knew what song I was going to get. So I was in suspense as well. So I, I kind of kept it that way. It was kind of more fun that way. Yeah. We kind of thought about, um, you know, not having the title of the episode being the song, but uh like I said, when we started the podcast, we're like, we're probably going to do five episodes of this. We're going to get sick of it. We're going to get bored with it. Nobody's going to be listening and we'll be done with it. We never imagined that we'd get through the whole catalog. And, uh, and so we just started, you know, naming the episodes for whatever song we were doing and uh, just decided to uh, stick with it. Never really thought about it gave it a second thought but but i do agree with you it would be a little more suspenseful if if nobody knew what they're gonna get on any given uh, episode but i think also people a lot of our loyal listeners you know they wait for the episode to come out on a monday and when when it appears in their downloads or their you know podcast apps or whatever they used to listen to the show and they see the song and they get excited about it because um you know if it's something cool they're excited about it for that reason we're also told pretty regularly that the, the worse the song is the better the episode absolutely so, true absolutely so yeah, when, true. They, when they see something that they they're pretty sure we're going to eviscerate i think it uh, gets them excited about it so yeah for sure for sure so so um yeah i've been listening well, I, I haven't listened to the entire catalog of pot of thunder but i'm probably 300 episodes in i listen to the current ones and i keep going back to the back catalog because i jumped on kind of a little late to the bandwagon but um i i enjoy it i like the fact that <laughs> you don't give a shit what people think you know it's like i don't like this song it's a piece of crap and and being honest and i think that's kind of the the success of the show is just like just being honest and not kissing people's asses yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think that's really the the whole point is that you know, um, yeah, I don't know what you guys uh, do for a living. You know, we we're not you know sustaining ourselves with the podcast. It's something fun to do. We make a little little pocket scratch here and there from some of our advertising, but you know, um, if you have a if you have a job and and also speaking amongst ourselves which actually this will be beamed out to the world so whatever in keeping with the i don't care theme uh, <laughs> if you have a job if you have a wife you can't always do whatever the f you want to do you're being told what to do in certain instances so why would why would you let anything hold you back on your show you know that's my exactly total freedom yeah yeah I mean, this is our, this is our, and that's something I say all, all the time on the show. I'm like, this is our show. We're going to do whatever the hell we want to do. And, you know, it's, it's an outlet for all of us to just uh, express ourselves and, 
you know, it's kind of, it's, it's a cool thing, uh, uh, to put yourself out there like you guys do and like we do. And, uh, you know, it's fun to, um, uh, express yourself that way. And, um, and also something I found that you kind of mentioned before we started recording, but, um, you mentioned our podcast network and, uh, so way you meet other podcasters and come on their show and vice versa, it kind of reminds me of, you know, sort of the seat music scenes I was involved in back in the day where like, oh, you yeah. know, the, the podcasts are like bands and it's like you respect everybody else's band who's on your level and you try to support them and, you know, being on each other's show is like playing on the same bill at some venue in town and, uh, you know, that's definitely a, a cool thing for me. Uh, yeah, you, you hit it on the you hit it on the head there. That's I, I get two. my brother had has two older kids like in their 20s and my kids are six and eight. So I kind of had to step back from music. And I'm like, but I miss that the scene. I miss the camaraderie. I miss getting together for practice. This is my band right now for all intents and purposes, at least till the kids get older. You know, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, kind of nice not to have to schlep equipment around and have uh, <laughs> have your eardrums blasted in by the drummer in the rehearsal. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Other fun stuff that goes on with being in a band. But, the you, you know, you, you, you said the word, uh, the million-dollar word, which is the camaraderie of it. You yeah, know, the definitely. whole, uh, you know, us against the world uh, sort of little scene network whatever you want to call it and uh, that was definitely one of the one of if not the most uh or biggest attractions for me for uh playing music with with other people and putting ourselves out there like that so are you currently in a band now uh not really i mean uh the, the guys that i was in the my college band with um we've been you know getting together two, three times a year for a while, um, you know, um, still cranking out writing originals and, you know, rehearsing together. But lately it's been kind of a, a lull just cause life's gotten in the way for a few, few people. And that's another thing of when you, when you grow up and become, you know, response, semi-responsible adults like us, you know, you can't always just, drop everything and spend four hours in the rehearsal room four nights a week and uh, and all that stuff so you know um life's gotten in the way a uh, little bit for a few of us so we haven't gotten together recently but um but yeah yeah i'm in a little bit of a lull right now i've been through a few of them in my life where i just kind of put the guitar down and don't really do anything with it but uh I feel like I'm about ready to come out of it soon. So that's awesome. I'm kind of in the same boat. I, uh, when the kids were born and I'm a drummer, so having a set of drums and practicing at home with two young kids ain't going to happen. I actually thought about selling my drums and then my wife convinced me to buy an electronic kit, put the headphones on, you can still play, you can still keep your chops up, you know? And so that's, yeah. what's, that's what's behind, that's what's behind me there and oh yeah I, I see it yeah so i converted this into my you know coat say what you want about covid and and the you know the the shit it 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 reeked on the world but it forced me to work from home it forced me to 
build an office in my basement because I had to work from home. And I'm like, well, fuck this. Like I, I can put the drums in here. I've got like, I've got my setup here for work, but it's also my setup for recording set up for the podcast. And it's like, like I, like I take a break at lunch and I go pound the skins. Like it's, it's great. You know, yeah. like for me, it worked out other than the wife having COVID right now, <laughs> but you know, yeah, that's not, it's not fun when you have it. I mean, I had it, I recorded a few, uh, episodes while i had it um remotely obviously but um yeah it was uh you know i was never in danger of being uh hospitalized or anything but you know it, it wiped me out for a good three weeks so yeah my wife is uh portuguese so uh after a day of this she said fuck this i'm doing i'm gonna go out and do some garden work i'm like what are you doing i gotta get i gotta get it done my people are gonna think i'm lazy like you got fucking COVID. Yeah. <laughs> it affects everybody differently though. Oh yeah. That's, definitely. That's the thing. Yeah. So it affects the Portuguese differently. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I don't know. Good. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what they're what they're telling us about it. So yeah, exactly. So I would say so what kind of gear do you have at home when you're when you're practicing? Yeah. I'll just uh see if you can see it, but I've got so my back line ah, here we go I mean, i'm down oh, here in my uh, friedman soldano oh yeah. yeah i'm down here in my man cave which is also where we record pot of thunder so i've got uh i always wanted to buy a friedman uh so i can tell you and there's another couple heads and cabinets over there on the other side um i can tell you that the the hype is real i, I, would, tell, <laughs> I would encourage you to <laughs> Well, but seriously, a lot, you know, I don't know how, you know, how it came about because my day job, well, my day job, my job nowadays is is in marketing and, uh, you know, Friedman definitely had the marketing down because, you know, the hype about the brand and, you know, getting the amps and uh, on the stages of, you know, prominent guys and, you know, sort of getting a buzz about them, you know, through like guitar forums and things like that. Um, definitely put them on the radar of a lot of people. And and the price point is is higher than a lot of people are accustomed to. So so there's a little stigma about that. Is it worth the money? You know, I, I can tell you unequivocally that it is. Uh, the Friedman I have is a small box head. And uh, Easily the stamp I've ever played. No question. So is that supposed to be a, a kind of a replica of a, of, a, of a plexi? Well, it's got a uh, yeah. I mean, it's got a it's a two channel amp, but it's not a typical clean, dirty style. The the one channel is like a plexi style, so like a lower gain crunch channel, like an ACDC sound. Yeah. And then channel two is just a little more high gain than that. Um, you know, um, I've never been one to really need a pristine, you know, rolling stereo chorus, uh, clean sound. Right. So the, the lower gain plexi, you know, you click over that, roll your volume back maybe to seven or eight and it cleans up real nice. And then you just roll it up and click over to the other channel and, and you're in, uh, you know, pretty, uh, high gain territory, you know, for my taste, I mean, high gain means 
different nowadays than it did back in the 90s when they first started using the term you know high gain used to be a J jcm 800 now everybody's like that's probably two on the gain knob of modern amps like a diesel or something like that just these ridiculous amounts of preamp gain that they're putting in these amps nowadays but no so i was gonna say so, so your ears don't bleed like if you want because because the brown sound is kind of the elusive sound that a lot of people were trying to achieve with uh, with 80s early tone and I, I tried getting that sound for years and and you go through gear and you know one thing after another and you think this one's better and you try something different and and i've heard uh some of the clips from from that amp and i'm just wondering if you actually have to have it cranked to actually get a good tone out of it uh not really i think the uh master volume is pretty pretty effective on it you know um uh definitely sounds better when in a in a, in a band volume you know getting up to the level of a live drummer um definitely you know roars a little bit more but it's not like a, a vintage amp where you have to roll everything up to 10 to really get it sounding where it needs to be um right. so i would uh, i wouldn't well I say this a lot to my friends, but uh, I, I really enjoy spending other people's money. So I'm going <laughs> to spend your money now and encourage you to go down that Friedman, Friedman rabbit hole. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's worth the money, you know, I mean, a lot, you see a lot of gearheads out there. They accumulate like dozens of sort of, uh, lower cost pieces of equipment when they could have instead like one two or three really top line stuff and over the years i've you know come to the conclusion that it's better to quality over quantity so to speak um and uh you know you, you definitely get your money's worth with the freedman stuff there's no question about it it's kind of like guitars you could uh, i've I can't afford the three, $4,000 guitars. So I get the four or $500 guitars and, um, and just kind of work on them to make them sound like uh, more extensive guitars. But yeah, definitely. If you just had a couple, I wouldn't have my, my walls lined with them. <laughs> in my closet. I got, I get cases everywhere. <laughs> guitars. Yeah. Guitar. No, it's, 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 it's fun to, you know, accumulate them and, you know, guitars are, are cool. It's nice to have a, a bunch of them around, but, uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess it helps to actually have a proper income, which I didn't have back in the day. Uh, but, uh, you know, become a little more particular about it. I mean, that's a, that's another rabbit hole you can go down. I mean, some stuff is ridiculously priced and, you know, you can buy a car for how much uh, <laughs> they're charging uh, for some guitars nowadays, but, uh, most definitely you know some of those some of those like 2000 2500 price point stuff i mean you can really you can really uh tell the the difference in quality right should i leave now <laughs> no guys, i was gonna say you guys, uh, you, going, can, you guys are going pretty good there i should you, you can jump in at any time <laughs> no that's fine no i, I love yeah, this I, tech talk I actually didn't know you were a drummer, and if I did, I probably wouldn't have come on the show. <laughs> I kind of figured as much. <laughs> actually, you know, yeah. you, you know what the the thing with uh, the thing with drummers is, we have so much fucking gear to carry around 
And when I was gigging, it was such a pain in the fucking ass. And then when we, when Todd and I were in this other band, it was this band where I was singing in, but I still had to carry the drum gear because the drummer was this old fart and I always had to carry his drum gear all the time. But now the last band that Todd and I were in, I was actually the singer again. And boy, not, I, that microphone was real heavy to carry, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. We've, <laughs> I've, we've, I've been in bands with singers who that's all they carried was the microphone. They didn't uh, feel that they needed to get involved in the transportation or schlepping of any of the other <laughs> The infamous LSD disease. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a real thing. <laughs> no, I still... I still helped with the gear because, you know, also, also a drummer. So you met the Jones brothers, like at your, you had a, a coffee shop or um, a, a gigging place. Like what, what was this place? Yeah, it was a coffee shop and here in Lansing, Illinois, which is a, a South suburb of Chicago, right at, right on the state line of uh, Illinois and Indiana and uh, in Michigan. Uh, uh, actually, Lansing, Illinois. Oh, Lansing, uh, Illinois. Lansing, okay. Michigan is closer to where I went to uh, college and where I actually first started playing in bands. But, uh, but yeah, I met Nick and Andy through the coffee shop that my wife and I uh, used to own. We uh, bought a turnkey from the previous owner, and he used to have uh, bands playing there and open mic and stuff like that. So I just kind of kept that theme going and uh, sort of took it a little bit to the next level you know I had booked more shows than the previous guy did and it uh, you know had a pretty cool little scene going on there and uh, and that's where I met uh, Nick and Andy I was the only uh, only venue owner in the uh, probably on the planet that booked them more than one <laughs> <laughs> so were you was did you ever so was the intent to to, to get this place so your so your own band could play or no, were, were no, you my, like kind of semi-retired from playing at that point and you're like ah, i'm gonna take a break yeah i was definitely uh pretty much retired um you know my wife and her sister bought the place uh well notice the place was for sale and then they decided to buy it because my wife had a you know really stressful um corporate job and she was looking to uh get away from that which uh i will just anybody listening um if you're looking to alleviate stress by buying your own business that's not the way to go it's, uh, <laughs> it actually takes the stress in the opposite direction but, uh, but that's what they decided to do and um and then a couple months into it my sister-in-law wasn't uh wasn't feeling it anymore so i bought her out and uh became a family business so to speak gotcha yeah my wife owns her own business actually uh actually just two rooms over that way she runs her own salon and uh, yeah there's definitely a completely different level of stress like uh like she's she's never not working she's always booking clients she's always you know it's, it's non-stop and she's sick now and she's still moving clients around and, and, and booking yeah. this and changing this around. And it's like, I have to like get her attention all the time. Like, hello, hello, I'm right yeah. here. And she's like, sorry, I just, just one, one sec. I'm just going to, it's just going to yeah. book this one. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's tough, but you know, um, so, okay. So you, so how many times did you book the, so this is the flying errands then that you booked, right? It was that band. Correct. So 
were you out of your mind booking them more than once or like what like what you know they 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 brought a crowd um you know there was money to be made off those guys and um and they were they're highly entertaining and sure they they were nice guys but you know they definitely uh was stressful when they play because uh you never know if one of them is gonna go flying through a window or through my <laughs> yep. you know display case of pastries over over by the cash register and you know and if they, they they did a bunch of wild stuff which is probably the reason why they were one and done at just about every other yeah. venue in the vicinity but uh they brought a crowd and uh you know, there was good money to be made off the door when they when they showed up. So I, I get a I get a float of video to Todd just just to see. The, 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 <laughs> I, I watched like, something like online and I'm like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> like it's like uh, it's like a car crash, but I couldn't look away. It was yeah, it was entertaining. It's, uh, it's, it's not like Roadhouse where they have like the grill and everything, so that <laughs> you know start throwing uh, they, stuff out they, we could have used that to keep the band away from the audience not personal <laughs> like, like a cage roadhouse um and then just the uh the nature of their act like uh like sean was saying it, it's it has to be seen to be believed I, I won't waste time or effort trying to describe it in I'll, words yeah you'll i'll it. just i'll send you a video Todd. it's just it's yeah. wow it's something else yeah and uh but you know, entertaining and and like I said, it, when that, that that's the other thing is suddenly I became uh, the guy on the venue side. When when before when I was in the band, I didn't really give a shit about the venue's perspective on anything. Sure. And, uh, owning the uh, venue, I became concerned about you know how many people are you bringing, what's your draw, how much can I expect to make tonight, that type of thing, and. Uh, always ended up being uh, financially worth my while to to book them yeah cool so so when so you guys were so then like you um you and andy like, like was this so you guys worked for playboy like kind of after this stage or no, like, how I did actually, that happen? well i worked at playboy the whole time we owned the coffee shop I wasn't, uh, I wasn't crazy enough to give up that job. Um, you know, when I got hired there, I was like, you're going to have to wheel me out of this place on a gurney. (laughs) Never going to leave this job, uh, willingly, you know? um, So, um, so my wife would run the shop, you know, during normal business hours and I'd, I'd be there, uh, thursday night for open mic and then friday and saturday to have band shows there so i was there like three nights a week and um and still doing my uh, job uh in the city at uh at playboy and uh and then eventually um i think it was even must i think it was even after we had sold the coffee shop we owned it for about six years and then uh you know there was an opening in the uh, video department and I knew Andy had some experience there so I referred him to the job and he got hired and so we ended up uh, being co-workers there for a few years so that must have made the job infinitely more fun yeah well it was definitely fun anyway I mean I, again I, I guess similar to 
what I said about the Friedman amps earlier. Um, everything you imagined, what, what it'd be like to work at Playboy, pretty much true. Um, <laughs> in fact, if, if anything, it was, I, I some of the guys or people that I worked there were, you know, long timers. And I started working there at, uh, in the, toward the end of 1998. And the stories they used to tell about the 80s and the 70s, uh, comparatively speaking, when I was there, it was like, you know, working and working for a seminary or something uh, compared to what they would describe went on there in the 70s and 80s. Um, but uh, but in general, it's, it was uh, as you would expect. And and uh, for a. Uh, heterosexual male such as myself it was uh, it was a uh, a pleasure to work there <laughs> awesome. even when, even after andy showed up <laughs> so did you watch any of the documentaries on the playboy mansion um i mean there have been several like the, the most recent ones that are kind of like assailing half and you know sort of I can't remember what they were called, but they're, I think they were on the E network or something. Oh, like, I like the darker side. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I, I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I guess I'm an apologist because I only had good experiences there, and I only uh, know of other people who had good experiences. You know, at least in the Chicago office, and that that goes for you know men as well as women. You know, there's there's a facebook group where a bunch of us alumni gather on there and you know we're all pretty unified in the uh attitude that you know it's kind of you know attacking somebody who's left us you know deceased now and um right. i don't know what the motivation is and not saying that you know some uh some inappropriate things automatically didn't go on i mean i think the the nature of the atmosphere would lend itself to a few things like that but in general it was uh it was a good place to work it was serious business i mean the people who worked there were uh you know things were buttoned up in terms of you know there wasn't any screwing around in the photo studio it was all business if you didn't have uh, a reason to be in there you were forbidden from going in there um, you know, they ran a pretty tight ship from my perspective. So, um, you know, I worked there, I lived it. I didn't really, I don't really need to see the documentaries, so to speak. And especially that most recent one, I just kind of thought it was, uh, more of a hit piece by certain people who had some axes to grind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all about, uh, shock value and entertainment. Yeah. Shock value nowadays. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So how did the podcast come out of this? Like, were you were you playing with the Jones brothers? Because I mean, there's been some collaborations that kind of happened through the show. Like, were you guys like, hey, you guys are musicians. I'm a guitar player. Like, like, did you guys ever actually formally made a band together, or just screwing around in a jam space? No, just uh, one day, Andy. Uh, you know, and it was we we got so they closed up the. Chicago office of Playboy in 2012. So uh, I got laid off in March of 2012. And I think Andy stayed on a few months uh, after that. It all depended on what department you worked on, what, what your 
final day was there. But um, so we started the podcast in April of 2013. So it was about a year after we stopped working together. You know, I think he just, I, I don't remember exactly how it went down, but he just uh, texted me and I'm sure Nick at the same time and just said, I have this idea to do a podcast. And at the time in 2013, your first question is, what is a podcast? Mm -hmm. I mean, now, oh, yeah. now it's every, everybody's doing it, you know? Um, but back in the day, it's like, well, what the hell is that? It's, oh, it's just an internet radio show. And we got together at a local uh, Buffalo Wild Wings for lunch. And we we're just like, yeah, let's do it. What do we call it? And I think within 30 seconds, we decided to call it Pot of Thunder. Um, you know, came up with a initial logo, which is uh, Gene's fist from the Destroyer mm -hmm. album cover with a star behind it. You know, that's that's about that's that's how much deep thought we put into it. It took us a, a lunchtime to really conceive everything, and uh, just finally got together and started putting out episodes, and uh, you know, started started gaining an audience somehow. No, uh, we've been at it ever since. So when that when that son of a bitch Jericho started calling his podcast the <laughs> Pod <laughs> of Thunder, I'm I'm gonna be honest. Okay, I was listening to your show, and then I heard Jericho had a podcast. I'm like, all right, okay, I'll listen. And he and he said, the uh, I'm the Ayatollah of rock and roll. This is the Pod of Thunder, and I'm like, motherfucker, did you just say what you just said? Like yeah. that ain't right. I, I right away, like I got my back up, and um, and and kind of the lead up to the first time he showed up on the show, and you weren't very nice to 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 this gentleman. You were just like kind of ripping us off and blah blah blah. And you kind of said some uh, some comments. So what was that first meeting like? Was he like, "I'm so sorry, Mr. Chris," or no, like, what was he? What was he doing? Well, it's it's a it's a it's a the whole story is is amazing and how it came together but um you know we heard through through social media channels because jericho his podcast started i think the same month that ours did, april 2013 and that's pot of thunder is not the name of his podcast just an extra tagline he threw on there but yeah yeah you know we had the, we we had the twitter handle we bought the url for the website you know all that stuff was still available so and that's the other thing we were like uh i don't know i don't i don't know what the exact number is but we we had to be at least the 12th or 15th kiss podcast to come along when we started up yep and i'm still like how did nobody else think of pot of thunder before us you know it just yeah. seems so obvious and um but you know we were able to secure the name and then kind of heard uh through the grapevine that um you know jericho is using that name as one of his taglines and um you know andy is andy's the biggest wrestling fan on the show oh, yeah. um nick of nick is a uh, would be second you know I, I i just had a cursory awareness of of uh, wrestling but uh, andy is totally into it and nick was into it to a certain degree and i mean i knew who chris jericho was but i never really paid much attention to it but uh as you know 
you guys listen to the show, it shouldn't come as any surprise to you that I I, I seize every opportunity to bust Andy's balls uh, whenever it <laughs> yep. presents itself, which uh, is it's like a turkey shoot, you know, just about <laughs> anything he says or does, I could rip on. <laughs> yep, definitely. Um, so easy. But yeah, so when that came to our knowledge, you know, I, I knew Andy was a big wrestling fan, Jericho fan. So I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to rip this guy apart just to bust Andy's balls, you know, and I'm just like... <laughs> You know, if I ever see Jericho for stealing our name, I'm going to you know, break a chair over his back. I'm going to smash his face into a turnbuckle. You know, who does this guy think he is? And I was saying all this on episodes, you know, yeah. this is all going beaming out to the world. So I'm going to stop you there for one sec. So yeah. when you were, because I remember those episodes where you're just trashing Jericho and I'm like, fucking right i was what was the reaction like with the fans were they like chris you've kind of crossed the line here or were they like totally behind you or like what was what was the reaction to the uh the anti uh jericho then no i think i think the, i think the reason why we uh appeared on jericho's radar is because a bunch of our listeners started like some crusade on twitter to get get, get jericho awesome. to stop saying that's awesome that's so cool yeah which again it just goes to show you how amazing the whole like podcast medium is yep. and you know you put yourself out there you never know what can happen um so anyway that's how we ended up on um jericho's radar and so one day I'm just doing my thing on Twitter, promoting episodes, interacting with people. And I see the little, you know, icon by the private message uh, thing, yep. you know, that somebody had slid into our private messages. Um, so I go in there and it's, you know, Chris Jericho with the check mark after it. And, I, and, and, it, and, and, the, mes- and the message simply said, are you guys near Indianapolis? That was the question. And I read that and my initial thought was, oh my God, this guy is trying to find out where we're at so he can come and get <laughs> kick your ass. We're talking crap about him. You know? That would have been my reaction for sure. Yeah, of course. Any, yeah. any, after all the bullshit I had said about him, any, anybody would have had that reaction. It was a good wrestling angle, really. For all intents and purposes, it was a perfect, you did a perfect shoot, a bunch of shoot interviews. It was the big build up to the Chris L. Uh, Tuge match. Would have been, ah, anyway. You know, most, you most, that was mostly <laughs> unintentional, but also, and I'll get to that when we get into like the, the first meeting. Um, but, you know, um, I figured that, you know, somebody who does pro wrestling for a living would appreciate some shtick and some you know show business going on yeah and so anyway i answered the question because you know it says munster indiana is our location on twitter and you see indiana and you 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 probably you probably thought we were closer to indy when in fact where we're at is just a south suburb of chicago just happens to be over the state line um but I responded to him. I said, no, we're actually closer to Chicago. And that was, and, and I just, that was my response. I didn't, I didn't 
continue on with what I wanted to is like, are you going to kick my ass now? Or what? <laughs> right. He said, no, we're closer to Chicago. And he, then he, you know, a few minutes went by and he, he responded back and he's like, uh, um, well, we're coming, coming through with WWE. Uh, you guys want to come to the show? And I, I was still like, I think this guy's, trying to lure me into a situation where he's going to beat the shit out of me. Show up. Where's my ticket? (laughs) Right. He would have been totally justified in that. So so at that point, um, I got Andy involved. Because I, you know, and first of all, when Andy found out that Jericho was reaching out to us, he he shit his pants. I'm sure he did. That's like... For the equivalent would be for me, like, uh, you know, Eddie Van Halen wants to talk to you about uh, having you out to see him at a show, you know, probably, <laughs> it might be a bit, little bit of an exaggeration, but then again, you know, Jericho is definitely a big deal uh, in the wrestling oh, world. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So at that point, like I said, I still wasn't sure he what, didn't want to just destroy me, lure me into a situation where he was going to kill me. So I, I got Andy involved and I said, you know, look, uh, this is what's going on. Uh, this is more in your wheelhouse. So why don't you handle it? And so. And if know, somebody you, gets their ass kicked better you than me. <laughs> yeah. It just, you know, maybe good cop, bad cop yeah. dynamic, who knows, but. Oh, um, I'll have my people talk to your people. <laughs> yeah. And uh, his name is Andy. <laughs> yeah. So Andy got involved and the Jericho was just like, yeah, I, I listen to your show. I love it. Uh, come out to a, to a match and we'll, uh, you know, meet up after the show. And, uh, it's exactly what happened. And, um, he was, you know, beyond cool, obviously. And, um, has always been that way to us ever since, but, but getting back to what Sean said. So after the first time we met him, it was just, you know, we hung around for a bit in the venue after the show was over and he came back out and introduced himself and we talked for a while and then got a couple pictures. Then it got to the point where, you know, the next time he was through town, he's like, we should get together and do an episode. And we're like, well, how would that work? And that's when we, you know, discussed getting a hotel room after the show, he'd come by, we'd do the recording there. And, uh, and that, that's what Sean, I think, is referencing. Uh, yeah. And that's what I meant by, like, I, I'm going to roll the dice and see if Jericho appreciates a little show business here. But yep. that's when I had my C-list celebrity line <laughs> that I dropped on him. I listened, I listened to that episode again this week because I had to go back because you, you, didn't, you didn't relent, which that, that's what got my admiration. I'm like, you're working this angle. You're working this fucking angle. And you're it was, yeah. Again, it was like, it's all, it was, I was all in on that. And I, I was like, you know, um, this guy probably has people kissing his butt up and down all day long. Sure. I'm just going to, I'm going to assume he is uh, okay with a little show business and I'm going to go with that angle and I'm not going to let up on it. And uh, turns out it was right. I, I mean, he still brings up the C-list celebrity thing, so I think, <laughs> yeah. I think t- to some degree it bugs him a little. But, uh, but you know, considering who he is in the entertainment world, 
he is just we get together and it's just like like the three of us talking right now um me talking to any one of my friends whether it's nick or andy or the guys i've played music with ever for my whole life he's just one of the guys and uh i've met a fair amount of celebrities in my life because i've worked at like guitar center hard rock cafe playboy you know places that would attract uh certain famous people he's uh far and away the most down-to-earth cool big-time celebrity i've ever met i think a lot of that has to do with where he grew up too like he's from like winnipeg which is where we are yeah and um there's something about our city that's it's it's not a big city but it's not a small city and it's uh the province our province is often referred to as friendly manitoba which is where winnipeg is and it's just kind of that place where if you think your shit don't stink here and you kind of have that attitude it it doesn't fly it doesn't fly it doesn't matter if you're burton cummings or mm-hmm. you know like or or any celebrity that came out of this out of this place it's like you know you're just another winnipeg or we're kind of all the same we all you know busted our asses doing whatever it is we're doing and i, I think he still remembers his roots because well and that's the thing his his dad you, you guys i'm sure know this but in yeah. case uh any of the listeners don't his dad uh played in the nhl in the 60s and 70s and these were not the days of multi-million dollar contracts and all this stuff i mean they had to have off-season jobs to pay the bills you know even when you're playing in the nhl kind of like podcasting yeah a little (laughs) bit a little bit yeah a Um, a little less physical yeah, podcasting. Podcasting is more physical. It doesn't pay as much. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But um, we uh, he, we actually, his dad was in town for a wrestling show, and we had him on for like one of our. It was right around the Thanksgiving holiday, and we his dad did an episode with us, the Billy yeah. Squire Rock. Yeah, it was fucking know? awesome. Which is amazing because it was like we're we're we are at we're going to capture the reaction of an toe blake old time hockey guy watching <laughs> billy squire flitting around like you know what and we're gonna get this guy's reaction in real time it's almost like those videos of like second graders hearing metallica for the first yeah time. yeah yeah you, get, you yeah. get the reaction that's what we got organically and it was great and um but after we got done recording i made a point of telling them that uh you know whatever your formula was you you raised your son right because he is mm-hmm. as cool and down to earth and intelligent and successful and driven as any as as you would ever want to be and uh and he he was genuinely appreciative of that and, and he should have been because his, his son has turned out to be a remarkable human being wow he's amazing yeah yeah like he's I don't know. It, it's kind of cool that down to earth, like it is from his dad and his mom too. Like he's still, he's still dad to his kids. He's still husband to the wife. Like he's, he's family's important to him. And you can tell, like you follow him on Instagram or whatever. And it's like, yeah. my family's number one. Yeah. I'm doing all this other shit, but no way, man. I, I know where my bread's buttered. I know what's important. This yeah. other stuff is superfluous, but like, this is where it's at. And, I don't know. I appreciate that about the guy. I, oh I yeah. It, you know, he's, 
he's an amazing guy and uh, you know getting back to you know none of that would have happened if not for podcasting and um you know um that's in, i don't do a lot on instagram with my personal account but that's my description as is i do a podcast and i met a i befriended a professional wrestler because of it that's my yeah. tagline on there and uh, yeah he's a great guy yeah the show's been good to us too like i think um that that whole band scene mentality that podcasting has it's I don't know, like we've been we've been doing this for six plus years going in on I guess it would be 400 episodes by this Christmas. I don't know. It's just it's fun. I get to hang out with this guy every week because with two young kids, it's it forces us to hang out together when maybe the world doesn't want us to do that. Or there's you know, there's this event I got to take the kids to or, you know, soccer or music lessons or whatever. And it's just like this is and, and my wife knows like this is this is me and Todd time right now. And but it allows me to keep a toe kind of in a scene and it's i don't know it's it's great i, I love doing this I've always yeah, just, I, oh go ahead man no sorry i was gonna say the uh i've always described it as a like we're from out east eastern canada originally and they had a lot of kitchen parties is what they call it and um basically growing up we had you know pretty big families we had a lot of aunts and uncles and cousins and stuff and they'd get together and our, our family was pretty musical so every aunt and uncle either they sang or they played an instrument and they come over and it was a big party and for me you know when you're um say when you're a little kid and you're falling asleep somewhere on a couch or something and you've got your aunts and uncles and stuff and they're talking about stuff in the background that's kind of like for me podcasting is, is kind of like that it's just kind of telling stories with each other it's nothing specific like we we don't have a, a specific niche like a lot of people have have a specific thing that they would talk about either you know their movies or or whatnot but we we just kind of uh kind of fly by the seat of our pants so it's whatever we talk about and we know and we don't usually stay on topic well we'll no. start with you yeah. know we'll start about talking shoes and now we'll be talking about airplanes two seconds later with, with no rhyme or reason it just it just happens that way but we like to interview other people and kind of get because some people um like like for your podcast but we kind of like to to, to know the the person uh, behind the behind the actual podcast and find out you know you know where they grew up you know what were their values growing up what were their interests how did they get into the things that they're getting into that they've gotten into now and uh, i mean for a resume that you have working at uh, at the music centers and the playboy and, and all these places you must have i mean you must have you know if you give a resume to somebody they must their eyebrows must <laughs> kind of go up and go wow you've 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 really lived like you've you you've done a lot of a lot of a uh, lot of things um yeah i've 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 definitely had some experiences that's for sure and um you know life has not been boring um and then you add the whole band career to that you know um uh you know uh it just definitely uh you know long strange trip as the grateful dad would say but um thing i wanted to say you know that you guys can relate to because you know you've, you've played out in bands and stuff and i say this to andy and nick all the time it's like we could just as easily shoot the shit about kiss and music amongst ourselves with no mics in front of us and just do it in our man cave here get together for an hour or two and just 
go our separate ways and then come back and do it again in a week. But, you know, we put ourselves out there because there's, there's, there's something about that. You know, we, we, first of all, we feel like that. And I, I think we've all felt this way about the bands we were in, but, you know, we felt we were talented enough to make a mark out there in the entertainment world. And uh, the same goes for podcasting, you know, um, you know, the minute you, uh, put a mic in front of your face and release a podcast the minute you take your band outside of the rehearsal room to play out in public you're looking for that those accolades and you're looking to make a mark and if you're not you should just put the mics away and never leave the rehearsal space so I mean there's something inherent in all of us that's like you know what I've got something to say and I think people will appreciate it or I've got something, some music to share with people and I think people will like, and I think I could actually do something with this. And I think that's the mentality that when you put yourself out there, you think you can, uh, you know, hit a home run, uh, so to speak. And that's why we, that's why we put ourselves out there publicly. There's no, there's really no, uh, two ways about it in my opinion you know um like i said any any of us doing a podcast we don't need the microphones to shoot the shit with each other but we put ourselves out there because we think we've got a little something more to offer than than most people and that we're more entertaining than most people well you can tell like when like when a couple of random people are put together to do a podcast or, or any or any sort of thing like you guys know each other, you guys, I think you know each other very well. And there's a, this camaraderie, there's this kind of playfulness where you're always, you know, busting Andy's balls or uh, Nick's coming in with like, like what the, what the, the, Nick comes in from these weird angles all the time. It's like, oh, yeah. where, where did you come up with that? Nick's Nick, like Nick fucking is, hilarious. Nick, Nick is the star of the show, hands down. No, nobody, uh, Nobody can tell me different. The, the the element he adds to the show is is irreplaceable. Like yeah. for a period, he had to uh, step away from the show. Yep. Uh, and we we did did a few episodes and had some guests on and you know kept it going, but it, it wasn't the same. That's just uh, you know that his perspective his perspective on the world and Andy's too. That's what I mean when I say JBBS Jones Brothers bullshit because <laughs> yep. they operate differently. Oh and, yeah, and 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 you know, I, again on the show, it's show business. I bust their balls relentlessly about it, but you know, I it, at the end of the day, I respect how they conduct themselves. I'm all, almost envious of it how they. Uh, how they go about their daily lives and uh, cracks me up and uh, you know it definitely is you know their their unique perspectives on just about everything are really to me what make the uh what give the give give a real edge to the show i have to say like probably like some of my favorite episodes is when they bring their mom on like yeah it's just like she's she, she like i don't know just her perspective just I don't know. Like those, those, I don't know. Those are my favorite episodes. Like between her and, and Ted Irvine, like those are probably my two favorite. Like whenever they show up, I'm like, Oh, you know, I kind of, I sit up and I get it kind of excited, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, she's definitely, 
you know, one of a kind as well. And uh, as nice a person as you'll ever meet. And it's yep. just kind of the whole, the whole, uh, you know, the, the comedic element of that is we're bringing, you know, uh, this nice suburban mom into our little <laughs> yep. hornet's nest and you never know, what we're, you never know what I'm going to say. You never know what song's going to come up. And she, uh, she just sits there and rolls with all the punches and she, she's a legit fan of the show, listens to every episode and yeah, it's funny. Yeah. We brought our, uh, our mom on a couple times on the show. It was kind of a unique perspective because she was like, she was kind of a, kind of a big singer back in, I guess, the late 60s, early 70s. And now she kind of settled into, okay, I'm going to raise my kids and all this. And then she kind of gave up her music career. And then she kind of had a couple other goes at it later. So she kind of brings an interesting perspective, but she's like, she's just this nice little lady. And she comes in Mm -hmm. and it's like, but she's got all these stories she hasn't told us Mm -hmm. that would probably (laughs) give us heart attacks, you know? But I, I don't know. It, it, it it's kind of cool to to go back. I don't know. Bring bring some different types of guests on like that. I think it always makes it entertaining. Kind of a yeah, lot of fun. Yeah, and our buddies on the Deep Purple podcast, they've had their their parents on. They had their moms on for Mother's Day, and they just had their dads on for Father's Day. Um, yeah, it's 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 definitely. Uh, if, if they're willing to come on, then you know it's going to be entertaining. Oh, God, yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. This is the end of the first part of our two-parter with Chris L. from Pod of Thunder. Be back next week. We play a game of headline or incorrect headlines. Oh, you're going to like this one. Lots of fun. Thanks again. Uh, follow us on all social media at Sean Geek Podcast. All your favorites like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, you name it, we're on there. And follow Chris at Pod of at Pod of Thunder on all social media. Very, very, very present on Facebook. So give that a shout. And you can follow our show at SeanMcGinnity.ca. That's S-E-A-N-M-C-G-I-N-I-T-Y dot C-A. Fans of the Sean Geek Podcast, this is the Core Geek talking at you. Did you know that the Sean Geek Podcast has merch available? That's right. Head on over to seanmcginnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. You'll be taken to the Sean Geek Podcast store on TeePublic, where you can find the Sean Geek Podcast logo on t-shirts, totes, masks, and more. And best of all, a portion of the sales goes to help support the podcast and allow Sean and Todd to keep bringing great content your way. Once again, go to seanmcginnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. And while you're there, don't forget to download the latest episode.